I was six months into my YouTube journey and my channel had grown to about 15,000 subscribers. We were still barely scraping by and mostly living off of savings. The time had come to try to launch a digital product to hopefully create a stream of passive income. The only problem, I'd already tried to launch three digital products and none of them had been successful. So it was time to try something different. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. If you've listened to the past couple episodes, then you know that this first series is about my journey from going from zero, just starting completely at a standstill, to earning my first $1,000 online. In episode one, I explained about my struggles with trying to decide even what business to start and what my blog should be about, what I should create content about, and how I finally overcame that challenge. And then in episode two, I shared with you about how I tried tried to launch a digital product for the first time, but why it was a complete and utter failure and some things that I wish I'd done differently and some tips for how you can have a more successful first product launch. And so now in episode three, this is kind of the culmination of this first short series, because in this third episode, I'm going to share with you how I finally did earn that first thousand dollars and surpass that goal. This is the story of how I successfully launched a profitable product online. But to start out, I want to emphasize that this story was preceded by almost three years of trying unsuccessfully to launch an online business. And before that, about seven years of trying to figure out what I even wanted to start. I was six months into my YouTube journey and my channel had grown to about 15,000 subscribers. I was earning just enough from ad revenue and freelancing that I'd finally been able to quit my day job. Though, to be honest, we were still barely scraping by and mostly living off of savings. The time had come to try to launch a digital product to hopefully create a stream of passive income. The only problem, I'd already tried to launch three digital products and none of them had been successful. So it was time to try something different. So first, let's just talk about what hadn't worked before. There are three main things that I had done with these previous launches that really hadn't been working out for me. The first one was trying to create the product before launching. Since these launches ended up being failures, the fact that I had invested so much time and energy creating the product and all the marketing materials before even launching meant that that time ended up just being wasted. And so I knew that I wanted to try to do things a different way way so that I didn't make that same mistake again. Another thing that hadn't been working was trying to do a big launch. With these previous products I'd tried to launch, not only did I create a big product, a full online course or program, but I also tried to do a big launch complete with webinars and multiple days of a lot of emails. I tried to structure it the way I saw big successful brands doing it online. And then a third thing that hadn't worked, as we talked about in episode two, was launching without testing. So instead, 
of doing any sort of market research or any sort of beta launch of my product. I just tried to go all in and that really didn't work because I didn't know what people really wanted and I didn't know how to communicate with them that my product was something they wanted, if in fact it was. So those are three big issues that I'd been facing with the previous launches. And so considering those, here's what I decided to do differently this time around. First of all, I decided I was going to sell a live workshop. So instead of creating a big digital product like an online course that was carefully planned and pre-recorded and edited and had a lot of different video lessons, I was just going to keep it quick and dirty and casual and <laughs> um, just present something live. So I was just going to outline a presentation and then teach it to people after they had purchased it. So they would sign up for it and then at a scheduled day and time, then they would attend it live. The second thing that I decided to do differently was instead of trying to sell an expensive online course, like I saw a lot of popular online brands doing, I decided to sell it for a very low price, just $29 because Previously, what I'd been doing hadn't been working and I didn't know why. I didn't know if I was charging too high a price or if people just didn't want the outcome I was offering or if my messaging was just all wrong. So I wanted to kind of get rid of all of those potential variables that might be causing the failure. And so I just wanted to charge a low price and really over deliver for that price. And I'll mention here that just charging a low price isn't always the solution at all. In fact, it can really kind of undercut your marketing efforts. So you have to be careful with avoiding discount pricing. But in this case, I just needed to try something completely different than what had been not working in the past. Then the fourth thing is I was going to do this really casual, kind of quick and dirty launch. So instead of planning out the whole thing super extensively and crafting social media, uh, marketing messages, like things that I was going to post on Facebook and Instagram and emails and webinars. I was just going to send a couple emails to my small list and tell them what was happening and just not premeditated at all. Just kind of keep it casual and see what happened. And then finally, the thing I was going to do different was instead of focusing so much on the outcome and trying to hit some big goal as far as revenue or something like that, generate a certain number of sales. I was just going to consider this an experiment and I was just gonna try it out and see what happened. So that was my general plan. One more aspect of that plan I guess that I'll mention is, and this isn't really something I was going to do different, but along the lines of testing and experimentation is I wasn't going to just do one of these live workshops. I wanted to do one about every month for several months so that I could test out several different ideas and see which one was the most popular. And so it was a way that I could do market research and make some money at the same time. So here's what happened. I launched the first one in November of 2017. And so that very first live workshop was called Best Seller Book Launch. And at that workshop, I was going to teach people how I had written and published my book and turned it into an Amazon bestseller with no audience at all. I had been so surprised and, and positively impressed by the outcome that I got with that book. It just really exceeded my expectations. And the strategies that I had used were things that were very repeatable. It wasn't just that I had gotten lucky. So I really wanted to teach other people how they could do the same thing and turn their book into a success. And I didn't really know if my audience was interested in that topic, but I wanted to potentially offer it to them if they were interested. So I send about two emails to my email list and I told them basically what I just told you, what I wanted to teach them. And quite quickly after sending just these 
two emails, I got about 30 sales at $29 each, which meant that I earned $900. So very close to that $1,000 threshold that was so hard to get past. And I was so, so excited about this because prior to this, no matter what I tried to sell, I really couldn't get anyone to buy it at all aside from one-to-one service offerings, which were pretty easy to sell. But any sort of digital product, it just seems, seemed like no one was interested. But now with just this casual, quick and dirty approach where I was just, you know, just telling them what I wanted to tell them and not trying to plan or be so strategic. Now I was able to get 30 sales very easily. And it really helped my mindset because it helped me to stop feeling like I was just a failure and like nothing was working and it was so hard, but instead it started feeling a lot easier. So that was the first workshop I launched. And so then, of course, the next month was December and there were lots of holidays. So I didn't want to launch another workshop then. So I waited until January of 2018. And in January, I launched the second workshop. And this workshop was called How to Consistently Get Clients Online. Because as I mentioned, I found it pretty easy to find one-to-one service clients. And so I wanted to teach other people how to do that. And so again, I sent about two emails. Now this time the workshop wasn't nearly as popular, only about 20 people bought and I earned about $600. However, I, I just want you to know, I was still really happy with that for two reasons. One, because that was still 20 sales, which was way more than I was getting prior to this. And also because uh, I was glad that I was learning something. I was learning that the people who were currently following me were more interested in learning how to self-publish eBooks or publish real books um, than they were interested in learning how to get clients. So that was very valuable information for me to know. So that's what happened in January. And then the very next month in February, I launched the third workshop. And I I also want you to know that I was still doing these completely just live and casual, just sending a couple emails telling people that in a week, I'm going to do a live workshop. And the workshops were supposed to be an hour long and they'd normally go to be about an hour and a half long. And they were still $29. So In February, I did one called How to Get Started Making Money Online because now I figured out something that was working and I was making sales at it. So I wanted to share with people kind of the basics of all the aspects of just starting an online business, um, what I'd done with my client side, what I was doing with the digital products, how I'd gotten my online business off the ground. So that topic turned out to be very popular and it got 45 sales. So I made about $1,350. So finally surpassing that $1,000 mark. And of course, even with those first two launches, $900 plus 600, that did surpass a thousand. But now I'd earned a thousand dollars with one marketing campaign, which was very exciting especially considering the fact that I was still doing it so casually and it was feeling more and more easy, which was so nice. And so then in the next month, March, I was going to do a workshop about YouTube because my YouTube channel was really taking off at this point. When I started doing these workshops, I was at about 15,000 subscribers. But at this point, I was probably at more like 30,000. It was just growing really fast. And so I wanted to 
teach people what was working for me on YouTube. However, I had a lot to say about this topic and I also was feeling a little bit dissatisfied with the quality of the workshops that I was creating because I was just using a webcam and just teaching live. And so then, of course, we were recording the events and giving people the recordings after and I even wanted to be selling the recordings after and so I just didn't love that they looked so low quality even though the information was really good so I decided I wanted to film this live workshop ahead of time and edit it and my idea was that it would still be just as casual and short and simple as the other ones had been wasn't really trying to make something bigger. I was just trying to make something a little better because when you live stream video, the video quality typically gets very much reduced by the fact that you are live streaming. If you just record the live stream session, then um, at least using the setup I was using back then, we ended up with really low quality recording. So I just wanted to record into my camera onto my card and then edit the videos. So the problem was that that was going to take a little longer. And so I think I pushed the launch out one more month. And so I said it'll be available in April. And then because I didn't have that boundary of it, of having a deadline, of having to present it live on a certain date and of not being able to edit. But so now I could edit things out. So I wanted the videos to be even better. And so long story short, I ended up creating way too much content. It ended up being a 20 video course instead of an hour and a half long workshop. And it took me an extra month to deliver it. So I didn't end up actually releasing what became the first iteration of the channel launch program until May of 2018. But when I did launch it, I had 40 people buy it. So I earned about $1,200. So it wasn't the most popular topic of all of them, but I was still very pleased with those 40 sales and so excited that people were interested in that topic that I was really interested in teaching on and that I was feeling quite confident in teaching on because my YouTube channel was working so well and we were learning so much about the algorithm. So I was really pleased with that and also because that product had, you know, ended up being higher production quality. I felt really good about selling that product and even raising the price in the future, especially as we continued later to expand and develop the program. So it created a really valuable digital asset for me. The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment, like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. So 
that was the last of the live workshops that I did um, because at this point I tested four different ideas and I'd learned enough that I now knew some things I could effectively sell, some topics people were interested in buying. And so I really wanted to kind of go deeper with some of those ideas rather than continue to test more different ideas. Through this process, I learned so much about what people wanted to buy and it was just such a huge eye-opener for me because before when all my launches were being failures, I didn't know what was going wrong, but I also had no idea if people were even interested in getting the results that I was trying to help them get. And so now I had data because I'd made some sales. So it was so helpful. I also started feeling successful because, well, I think this is probably obvious. When nobody was buying what I was trying to sell, I just felt like I was a complete failure and I couldn't get this to work. But now, even though I hadn't made a ton of money, some people were interested in what I had to offer and that was just such a gift for me and so motivating. As I mentioned, I'd also created several products that I could sell. So I had the recordings of these different workshops and we used those as part of the original content in Startup Society when we ended up launching Startup Society just a few months later. And we also could sell those products a la carte. So that gave me some valuable assets. I just exited this experience feeling like I had a lot more opportunities and options. And of course, mindset work, it's largely internal and improving your mindset is mostly about finding the right mindset, whatever your situation. So whether you're in a good situation or you're in a bad, you are looking for the good in it and you're looking for the opportunities in it. But sometimes the circumstances can make that really hard, especially when your only experience has been the negative. It can be hard to imagine the positive. And so I exited this experience with a much more positive mindset. And I would say with a mindset that was more geared toward abundance and less geared toward scarcity, because now I felt like I was capable of creating success. So that's kind of the end of my experience and that's how I made my first thousand dollars. So here are a few takeaways and a few kind of tips and recommendations for how you can apply some of these things to your own journey if you're trying to earn your first or perhaps your next thousand dollars online. So I would really recommend that you keep the focus on the process, not the destination. When I had my failed launches, I was so focused on the destination and just trying to generate sales, trying to generate a certain number of sales, a certain amount of revenue. But when I was finally successful, it's because I focused on the process. I approached it with a spirit of curiosity and I just tried to do the best job that I could with my experiment rather than so f being so focused on an end outcome. Another thing I'd really recommend you do is to keep it fun and casual. I was having so much fun throughout this whole experience of testing these different products. And it's not just because it was working. I was having fun with it from day one when I was like, let's just try this. Let's just see what happens. Let's just do it the easy way, but share something that is meaningful to me and that I really want to teach people. And then third, having that abundance mindset rather than the scarcity mindset. Uh, I know easier said than done, and I definitely really struggled with this prior to this experience. And like I said, the experience itself helped, but even when I was launching that first live workshop, I was going into it with a, a mindset of abundance rather than feeling like I just have to make a sale and then doing everything I could to try to make a sale 
And by that, I mean sending all the emails, doing the webinars, posting all over on social media. Instead, I just thought, you know, I'll find an opportunity if I just test enough different things. And so going into it with that mindset allowed me to have a lot more fun and also to kind of go into it with my ears open and with a focus on learning instead of on that end outcome. And then finally, I just want to touch on something I mentioned earlier in this episode and in the previous episode as well, that I'd recommend that you don't do too much work up front because you don't know what's going to work out. So even if you think that your idea for a product or a program or a course is brilliant and everyone needs it, and so you really want to create it, I would highly recommend that you first work on selling it, um, that you talk to people about whether or not they're interested in it, that you try creating a simpler prototype version of it or a beta version, and that you launch that first, and that you just sell a minimum viable version of your product because even if you think it is God's gift to mankind and that everybody needs it, um, that doesn't mean that people will want to buy that version of it. And if you are trying to engage in business, then it has to be this two-way relationship where people both want what you're selling and you want to provide it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Before we wrap this up, listen into this question a Startup Society member asked during the live stream. Cheryl asked, did you sell the workshop only or a digital product? So the workshop was a live online workshop. It was just me teaching a topic over Zoom and we were recording the event at the same time. So then they'd get that copy of that digital product afterwards. And for most of these events, I also provided some, maybe all of them. I also provided a simple workbook that went along with it. And by workbook, I mean, I'm talking maybe like two, three, four pages. And when I created those, those workbooks, um, it was very easy for me because it was actually kind of my planning process for the workshops. I was planning out the different things I wanted to talk about, and then I would just write questions to go along with each of those points. And so then for the workshop, it was very easy for me to teach because I would just um, be teaching about how, like essentially how to answer each of those questions that people needed to answer to do the work. And so it made the whole thing just very cohesive, very easy for me, while at the same time providing both like that audiovisual video component and also the written work component so people could apply what they were learning. Tomlin said, still not sure why you stopped selling the live workshops if you were profitable in them. Please elaborate. Great question, Tomlin. So basically, there were these two things. One was I wanted to test out these different topics and these different potential product ideas. And so like the short, short answer is that I was selling them in this really low price point so that I could test the idea, but later I wanted to sell a more extensive, more helpful, more substantial product that would command a higher price point and would help people more. So that was a little bit of it. But another reason why I wanted to do these workshops was because I knew I was really interested in starting a membership site for entrepreneurs aka Startup Society. But I couldn't start Startup Society because you can't start a membership program if only three people are going to sign up because then you get completely tied up in having to create all the content for those three members and you don't have time to do all the other things you need to do, meaning grow your business, grow your audience so you can get more members. And it can really put you in a really like tight situation in your business and can bottleneck your business. So I couldn't start Startup Society because I didn't know if people would sign up 
And because I especially didn't know because I'd never successfully sold digital products before. So I wanted to test out these different product ideas so I could see if people were interested in those topics so that I could start Startup Society and that market research, that data that I was getting from selling the workshops really gave me tools I needed to be able to market Startup Society and to know what to put inside of it. I didn't want to make the mistake of doing way too much work ahead of time to build out Startup Society only to find nobody wanted that either. So I wanted to make sure I was making money in the process. So that's why I was doing the workshops. But why I switched away from doing the workshops was because I didn't want people to just buy one workshop and then have to work really hard for me to find another customer for the next workshop. I wanted people to subscribe to Startup Society and pay each and every month and get value each and every month. And so I'm able to snowball my business's revenue. And by that, I mean, keep the same amount that I had before, plus add a little bit more and add a little bit more, and it slowly gets bigger and bigger over time. I'm able to keep that momentum and build on top of my revenue streams because I have a membership model. So I switched away from doing those live workshops so that I could sell more premium programs that are more built out digital courses and other programs that command much higher price points and so that I could have that continuity income from the membership model. Amy asked, what platform did you use for the live workshops and taking payment and deliver a copy of the recording? Great question, Amy. So I delivered the live workshops via Zoom. So my, my text setup here was very simple. I would just uh, send people an email and say, do you want to buy this? And then I just had a PayPal shopping cart set up. So if they wanted to buy it, then they would go to PayPal and purchase it via PayPal. And then if they purchased, then I was manually, so there was absolutely no automation. I was manually tagging them in ConvertKit as someone who had purchased the workshop. So I would look in PayPal, okay, this email address purchased, and then I would go over to ConvertKit and tag that person. And then I would mass email all the people, those you know 30 people who had bought the workshop, the Zoom link. So then they would join me on Zoom and I would just record it via Zoom. And then I would upload the recording to a YouTube channel, but I would upload it as a private video. Um, so that people could only get to it if I gave them the link. And then I would, again, email all the people who had purchased it, the link to that private YouTube video, which I, I would take the private YouTube video and I would embed it on my website so that it felt a tiny bit more premium. Instead of people having to go to YouTube to watch it, they were going to watch it on my website. I would not recommend this exact tech setup because specifically I wouldn't really recommend using PayPal in this way. Uh, it certainly can work and I'm not saying don't do it, but PayPal can be a little bit of a, a hassle, a little bit glitchy. And one problem I definitely ran into was just that because people were paying via PayPal and they weren't paying on my website, some people felt like it kind of wasn't secure enough. Now, of course, their card information was secure with PayPal, but it didn't feel like a very professional or legitimate um, because they didn't really like see the product they were buying when they were checking out. They were kind of just sending me $29 and hoping that I did in fact deliver. But 
so it didn't feel as professional. So I would recommend using a solution that allows people to check out on your website. Ideally, you don't have to, um, or you can use, so this could be something like Shopify, or if you have a Squarespace website, they have integrated shopping carts there now, or you could use something that's specifically designed for selling digital products, such as Gumroad. And so if you use Gumroad, then you don't have to have your own website, but you can still make a nice look product page where someone can you know read about the product and see a picture of the product and then purchase it you could also use something like Samcart, which would provide a similar situation where you can create a sales page. Um, and even Lead Pages, I believe, now has an integrated feature where you can have a shopping cart on a lead page. So you can just create a standalone sales page. All right, well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.